This morning's scripture reading comes from the 11th chapter of the book of Isaiah, verses 1 through 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's be in the spirit of prayer for just a moment. Holy God, we are only two weeks into this busy season and many of us are feeling the weight of it, feeling overwhelmed with all the lists, the anxiety of spending more time with family. God, we are with anticipation on the edges of our seats, waiting to hear a word for our lives, to root us down in peace. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, a rock and a redeemer. Amen. Back in June of 2014, I was a youth pastor who brought a group of teenagers on a mission trip to St. Louis, Missouri. And in the middle of the week, we participated in a workshop where the facilitator was trying to connect racism and systemic poverty. He invited a young dad, a 20-year-old black man, to talk about his experiences living in North St. Louis. 
This young man described the police as a militarized occupying force in his neighborhood. The facilitator turned to my students and asked what the police officers were like in Boulder, Colorado, and one of my young white youth answered, well, that's easy, the police are peacekeepers, to which one of my black female teens mumbled under her breath, for who? Two months later, a young unarmed black man by the name of Michael Brown was fatally shot by a police officer in Ferguson, Missouri, a suburb of St. Louis. His body laid in the street for six hours in the St. Louis heat. This kind of peacemaking took place just a few miles away from where we served just that summer. We're in Advent. And in Advent, we sing stories of longing and expectation. We sing Christmas carols about God's promise for peace on earth and goodwill towards all people. And the prophet Isaiah sings a story to the exiled Israelites. And this story began with the image of a stump. The prophet paints an image of clear-cutting a forest. And it's not a pretty picture. A stump is a symbol of death. And just when things appear to be as stark as they can be, Isaiah sings about a new shoot that from that forlorn, pathetic stump comes, lying deep within a seemingly lifeless place are roots. And from the roots, something new will emerge. According to Isaiah, a day will come when all the rules of life will be altered. The order of nature that we all learned about in science class, the violence of predators that we accept as natural, will be overturned, bent in the direction of gentleness and peace. And the peace here does not refer to the absence of war necessarily. In this case, we are talking about something deeper. We are talking about shalom. Shalom is a Hebrew word that, yes, is translated as peace, but it also means a lot of other things. Harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and yes, tranquility. Walter Brueggemann reminds us that shalom is creation time when all God's creation eases up on hostility and destruction and finds another way of relating. The promise of shalom may seem like a fantasy to us in a world where so many issues divide us so strongly. Pro-life, pro-choice, liberal, conservative, black lives matter, no, blue lives matter, rich or poor. It's tempting, right, to define the world in these clear binary ways but justice is not achieved that way, by getting entrenched on a side. Isaiah's invitation is to opt out of these kinds of polarizing habits of the world and to embrace the shalom that seeks common ground wherever it may be found. And here's the catch. If we only depend on our own knowledge and know-how, we will actually only create more stumps. As the song goes, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with somebody else. 
And that somebody else is God. Creating shalom our way is often the exact opposite of God's way to shalom. We think we can find peace by circumventing people who look, think, or love differently than us. We think we can find shalom by avoiding conflict and escaping to this otherworldly spirituality only to discover that our souls are so hungry still and God feels distant and unattainable. The irony here about shalom is that it cannot be experienced without some kind of spirituality of conflict. Not that we would go around the world and finding people to fight with and argue with, but the unfortunate reality for humanity is that there is very important spiritual growth that happens, but it doesn't come from being blissed out always on a yoga mat. It happens in the midst of conflict. When you're frustrated and angry or scared and when you're obsessing and having inner dialogues with people that you'll never actually have those conversations or replaying particular feelings in your heart over and over and over again in a loop. You're doing the same old things, expecting different results. And then by the grace of God, you catch yourself in the act, oh, I'm doing that thing again. And you suddenly recognize that you have a choice in this moment to do things differently. That's what our Just Peace Covenant is all about. Just Peace teaches us how to move through, not around or above or powered over conflicts, so that we can actually experience true peace. Conflict sometimes feels like a failure on our part, doesn't it? We question how we did things, if we had only done things differently. But a spirituality of conflict can actually give us that opportunity to think, feel, or do different things. It recognizes our fears in the conflict, but it doesn't avoid as a result. A spirituality of conflict asks curious, calm questions. A spirituality of conflict reveals the spark of being alive and fully human. We discover what's important in conflict. We engage new muscles. We gently see ourselves as we truly are in order to breathe and pray and discover and meet Jesus in those conflicts. A few years after the shooting of Michael Brown, I chose to do a different thing. I chose to go on a ride-along with a police officer in Canton, Ohio. And yes, it was kind of an odd choice for me, as someone who had heard so many painful stories about how police officers treated the black community. Being born in this skin, I always considered the police to be the ones to call when you were in trouble. But after talking with so many African Americans in St. Louis and Denver and Canton, I knew that my experience was not theirs, and I had lost that image of the peacekeeping police. That's until I met Officer Lamar Sharp, an 18-year veteran with the Canton Police Department. Now, Officer Sharp is a larger-than-life personality with a smile that lights up the world. At one point, he played football for the Cleveland Browns, 
But after an injury, he decided to join the police force. And in those 18 years, Officer Sharp has become renowned in Canton for his special brand of community policing, a practice where police work directly with the community to forge partnerships with residents. He has this novel idea that together the community and the police can develop proactive problem-solving solutions for crime and violence. And he builds trust in those communities by doing little things, like waiting with children at the bus stop before school, or hosting this huge backpack drive um, in, a, in, a, in a community of need, or giving away popsicles out of the trunk of his squad car, or bringing stuffed animals when he goes on a domestic violent call. So I met Officer Sharp at the police station in Canton, and he looks like a professional football player. Huge, big guy, strong, but immediately he was cracking jokes with me and being silly, something that I'd never witnessed a police officer ever doing before. We immediately went to a housing project where many pregnant teenage girls choose to live, and he expressed concern about them because so many of them are at risk for prostitution and drug use. And after he greeted those neighbors, we went to an elementary school in Canton. We went directly to the lunchroom where we helped kindergartners open their milk cartons. Officer Sharp shared with me that he had actually studied early childhood education at Kansas City or at Kansas University um, under his football scholarship. So opening cartons of milk is one of his favorite things to do. After lunch, Officer Sharp and I went outside with the children for recess, and several of the boys gathered around him and asked him if he came to shoot them with his gun. And Officer Sharp just soothed them with a gentle smile and said, oh, no, 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 this gun actually comes with the uniform, like an S comes on a Superman's cape. Officer Sharp is their Superman. He took down several names of children who told them that their grandmother needed groceries or they haven't done laundry in a long, long time. And he told me that he does this in order to follow up with them and get them the resources that they need. In verse 2 of today's text, we hear about the Spirit. Trusting the Holy Spirit is the turning point for Isaiah's passage. And it is the turning point for us, too, to experience deep shalom. The Spirit gives life to the teeniest of sprouts. The Spirit opens up new possibilities. And I felt that possibility in me, a shift in me, on that playground with Canton's poorest children. Officer Sharp, a teddy bear of a man in a police uniform that, yes, comes with a gun, he mentors young people, he empowers youth, and he strengthens relationships between the community and the police force in Canton. Who would have thought that was even a possibility? Not cynical old me, that's for sure. I'd never seen anything like that in law enforcement, and I haven't seen anything like it since. But I'm so much more open to it, to the possibility that police officers can be peacekeepers, 
We hear this beautiful Isaiah text in the season of Advent with our hearts longing for shalom, for peace and wholeness, healing and justice for all of God's children. Advent is a chance to be curious and open to God's Holy Spirit, to cheer on tiny movements of growth from roots that have been there all along. And so may this Advent, may we sing the story of seeing beauty in the starkest of situations. May we sing the story of children leading God's justice. And may we sing the story of deep shalom. May it be so. Amen.